Hello, this is Paula Matthews for Epic Books and Cafe. There is so much going on in the kingdom of God, and yet the Lord gave me one word for this episode, redeemed. And at first I thought I knew what it meant, because as Christians we understand that believers have been redeemed from the curse of the law. And that's according to Galatians 3.13. We also know that Jesus became a curse so that we could inherit the blessing that Adam lost. And that's what we know about redemption. But what the Lord was showing me today was going back historically and showing the origins of redemption and what it means for us more than just being saved, but why we were saved and the purpose behind it. In everyday language, redemption comes with a financial cost or financial meaning. I know when I was younger, we would collect glass bottles, soda bottles and such bottles. And they used to have a marking of a, a redemption amount on the bottle. And what that meant was you could take those bottles, collect those bottles and take them to the store and get some money back. And people do that today. They do that with cans and bottles. They recycle them for money. So they're redeeming the cans and bottles for money. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about and focus on about our redemption in Christ why we are redeemed. And there is money involved, but it was more than that, but a price was paid. And that's what we're going to be focusing on today, knowing the importance of the price and who paid it and what we are to do in return. Now, when I first began researching this word, I was taken to the Old Testament to Numbers 3, 36 and 38. Uh, Moses was numbering the children of God, and God was telling him, reminding him about the redemption of the firstborn. If you go back to what happened in Egypt, the people were enslaved for over 400 years, and God redeemed them by sending in Moses as their deliverer to get them out of there. But the people just didn't come out. A price had to be paid because of what the people were, they were forced to undergo for that 400 plus years. So in order for the people to be freed, Pharaoh and the people of Egypt had to pay a price. And as you know, they plundered the wealth of Egypt and they got out of there, but it was even more so than that. If you recall that uh, also in Exodus chapter 4, I do believe in also chapter 12, God had warned Pharaoh through Moses, Israel is my firstborn. If you understand what that means to God, the firstborn is set aside as holy to God. The first, the tithes, the first fruits, everything that is first is considered holy to God. But God designates certain things, whether they're first or not. He designates certain things as holy. And when he does that, you can't touch it or there's a price to be paid. And that's what happened in, in Egypt. God intentionally let Pharaoh rule over the people of God. For a period of time just so that he can make Pharaoh pay the price. In fact, that's what he told Moses. And I do believe that was in uh, Genesis 15, that your people are going to be enslaved for a season so that I can get and bring down a government. And that's what we're looking at now in our diamond frame. There are things that have been allowed to happen to the people of God in America, in the nations, for, strictly for the purpose of God taking down rulers, tyrannical rulers who God knew had hardened hearts against him. And that's where we are now. So no matter how evil it looks, no matter what is going on in the world, God has a purpose behind this. As he always says, he is the director of it all. So he's allowing this to happen. And again, we saw this in Jesus's life. In the book of uh, Acts, it talks about why, uh, why Jesus was allowed to be crucified, that it was predetermined by God that it should happen. 
just because it was meant to set people free. So there's a precedent in the kingdom of God of how he operates, how he lets certain things happen, but he always has a redeemed, a people that he is willing to uh, put a price on as valuable, as precious to him, so that he can use them as a way of getting those who are evil to pay back or recompense them as a demonstration to the world that he is a redeemer, that he is the one that would take you out of hands of the evil one. Uh, he's, he's blessing on one end and he's cursing on the other end. But that's what redemption is about. Somebody's got to pay the price. And that's where we, the Lord had me focusing in on that story in Numbers chapter 3 because God told Moses to number the children that were firstborn of each tribe from one month and older. And when he did, he came up with like 22,000 plus people. Then he took a remnant of that and said, okay, from that remnant, I want you to pay five shekels per person to the Levites because the Levites did not have an inheritance in the land. And the Levites represented God, his servants. They were overseers of the temple, overseers of the, the tabernacle. So they didn't have an inheritance in the land, but they did have an inheritance that was given to them by the other people of God. So they had to share what they had with the Levites because the Levites were totally dedicated to the service of God. They also tithed to the tabernacle and that tithe went to the Levites who in additionally tithed on it to God. So there was a process that God put in place of determining what was holy. So when people tithed or when they gave a heave offering to the temple, it was the best that they had. And God put a price on that as being the best of everything. And it went to the Levites who were under God's service. So God was showing back then that he had a price on the people who served him. And because of it, others, and not only a congregation, but as we saw in Egypt, in the world, would have to pay a redemption fee, would pay a price to them for what the, the services they were rendering toward God for them. So when you look at what happened in Egypt, when the people were held in bondage for over 400 years, they were not allowed to pay homage to the God that they, they their parents had served, their, their foreparents had served. Instead, they were taking what they had and giving it to Egypt. And when it came down to it, God said, it's time for Egypt to pay the price for their greed and their slavery, what they did to my people. So the people uh, were being used as God, as a remnant of redeemed out of slavery. They were the redeemed out of Egypt, and God made the Egyptians pay the price. They gave up all their wealth. And we're about to see that again happen in America and in the nations. Those who have come against the people of God, who tried to force us to do things, they're going to be paying in this season. Some of it will be with their lives, others will be with their wealth, but it's coming because we have been redeemed. I remember years ago, I had somebody who threatened me, threatened me with kidnapping, and they wanted to take what I had, and the person approached me on the streets of L.A., and some of you may have remembered me telling this story, and the person came to me and said, I owned you, I paid for you, and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, but Jesus Christ paid for me, I'm redeemed, he is my owner, so if you want to try to think you're going to take me from him, then he's going to deal with you. He's going to deal with you. And right now we have people, whether it's on, on the job or it's on in the government, who are saying, I own you because you're in this country or you're in this company. All we have to do is say, no, I've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus and stand on our covenant because that covenant holds more power than all the governments, all the companies, all the other contracts in this earth. God has spoken and who can know what God has spoken? And have to understand, this is why we have to know that we're redeemed and stand on our redemption, stand on our covenant, because in that covenant, we have power against all the power of the enemy. And that's what this message is leading to. 
So this was a precedent that we saw in, in the earth, and actually it happened in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve were told to eat of every tree, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they were not to touch it. Well, this was holy unto God. It was God's remnant of a, of, a, of a tree that he held for a special purpose, and they were not supposed to eat of it. So when they did, somebody had to pay. Someone had to pay, and in this case, it was Adam and Eve, they lost their lives, meaning they didn't have eternal life that God wanted them to have in the garden. It was days of heaven on earth was what they had in the garden, but when they sinned, they lost it. That was a price that they paid for their sin. They lost that. But not only that, death came into the world. So they could no longer live eternally with God the way God originally planned it. They would have to die in this earth. And that was not God's plan. So there was a price to be paid because they did not follow what God had prescribed. But that tree, it was a holy thing. What God says is holy, you let it go. That's why in Psalm 105.15, God said, Touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. Anointed is someone that's appointed is something that God has deemed by his spirit as holy to him. And he reserves that for himself. And we can't touch it and claim it for ourselves. Other, otherwise, we would have to fight with God himself. Um, so we need to take notice of this because a price has been paid. God has determined what belongs to him. And we cannot steal it. So that, that's the whole purpose of this whole thing. is to understand that we are redeemed. We have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And there's nothing anybody can do to change that. Now, we can ignore our redemption, we can act like the world and suffer the consequences, but this is a time and the season where we need to stand on our rights and stand up for our covenant that was paid for with the blood of Jesus. And the other part of this is God is calling for recompense. He's calling for payback from those who have harmed his people, from those who have stolen from us, from those who have treated us badly. God is getting ready to come down severely on the wicked ones. And we need to make sure that uh, we are standing in line for what is rightfully ours, because that's what it's about, taking our destiny and taking what rightfully belongs to us. Now, everybody who's called by the name of Jesus Christ is redeemed. We're holy and precious unto our God. By covenant, we've been redeemed, which means the price has already been paid. We have been gathered out of the general population of the world unto God for his purpose. If we are redeemed for his purpose, we have to carry out that purpose as well. So as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, we were bought with a price. We're no longer our own. We were bought with the price of Jesus Christ. So our spirit and our body belongs to him. Our spirit and our, our, our uh, bodies belong to him. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we have to understand that what he's given us, what he's anointed us to do is very precious in his sight. And we have to be careful to realize that this is part of our redemption, that we're having we have within us the glory of God, the kingdom of God, everything special of God that he wants us to experience and manifest and demonstrate to the world. And that's part of what he's wanting us to do. So rather than shrinking down to the occasion when the enemy is attacking, this is the time to arise and realize I'm redeemed, redeemed from the curse, which means the curse can't touch me, which means sickness, death, all the stuff that's happening in the world should have no place in my life. Uh, lack should have no place in my life. This is how we need to look at the redemption package because we've been redeemed from those things and redeemed to live days of heaven upon the earth. And that's what the whole point was with the Levites. They did not have a property. They didn't have any inheritance in the land per se. However, God made, gave them things for their service. So we're endowed with certain things, uh, with riches, with wisdom, with strength, with power, and with a lot of things because of the redemption value that Christ paid uh, and that's the important part. We have to have uh, knowledge of that in, in this earth if we're going to survive and do what God is calling us to do. So that numbers, from Numbers chapter 3, we have that remnant. 
And God is calling a remnant today, except for this day, we don't have to pay a price over people's head. He did back then. Uh, what we do is we still tithe. That's the beginning part of our covenant promises to God, and it is financial. So when it talks about being redeemed in that day, it's a little bit different than being redeemed today because of Jesus Christ. But still, we still have a responsibility, and we have to make sure that we are doing what we're called to do. You know, Apostle Paul talks about it in uh, Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. He exhorts us to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to the Lord, which is what he calls our reasonable service, which means it's expected. Why? Because we are pulled out for a purpose. Uh, at first, Peter tells us we were a chosen generation, we're precious to God, and his height, a holy nation, and we are a royal priesthood. We are called to show forth his glory in the earth and give him praise in the earth, and that's what we're supposed to be doing. And so we are redeemed. So our purpose is not to be under the world, it's to be over uh, in the glory of God and not being overcome by the darkness, but being the light in this present darkness. And I want to stress this because so many Christians, especially in America, make it about being a member of a church. And because they don't see their authority, they don't see the purpose in their redemption other than going to heaven, they don't strive to do anything in the earth. Now, some do. Some have a, a mental understanding, but they don't have any spiritual application to apply it simply because it requires the Holy Spirit. And so many people in the church have been told that there's no need for the Holy Spirit to stay, but the Holy Spirit is a helper. As, as John wrote, he's our guide, he's our teacher, uh, he's our comforter, he's everything we need in times of darkness. So we have to go back to receiving the Holy Spirit, allowing him to lead us to truth, lead us to what's happening and coming down the line so we can be prepared because that's what he's always done. We have been redeemed for this purpose, uh, to set aside our lives for uh, God's workmanship, predestined to do great works even in the midst of darkness, especially in the midst of darkness. And so I want to make sure that we understand that uh, and get away from tradition, get away from uh, regular church as usual, because that's not what this was ever about. Jesus did not come to the world and save us because of church. He came and saved us because of his kingdom. And he kept saying his kingdom is coming. Him, his ministry was like, repent for the kingdom. The kingdom of God is here. And that's the message. It's here. Where is it? It's within each and every believer, but it has a manifest. And it can only manifest when we're knowing our rights as, as redeemed individuals and knowing what our, our uh, power that we have within us. Because if the kingdom was within us, if God is in us, if the Holy Spirit is in us, why isn't it working? And a lot of it is because we don't have understanding, we don't have teaching. But also, you have to have an understanding from, directly from the Holy Spirit. It's time to get into prayer and start moving forward and realizing that I am the redeemed of the Lord. Uh, and as it says uh, in Psalm 107.2, it's like, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You know, not only giving testimonies, but allowing even more miraculous things to happen so that we can have additional testimonies. Because people change in the world because of what they see. Again, redemption is to take people out of a people to make them a demonstration to the other people so that they can come in and serve our God. And that's the whole purpose of all of this. So as church people, they're, they're thinking that they're separated and they're, they're to be a group unto themselves, but that's not the kingdom. God called a people to be a representative, just like we call elected officials to be our representatives. God is calling us to be his representatives in the earth, in everywhere we are, wherever we live, whatever profession we have, everything. And that's the whole point of being redeemed. We are supposed to be showing the people another way. Uh, as the Apostle Paul called it, we are ambassadors of Christ. Ambassadors show 
to their host nation how things are done in their nation. So we're in the world, but we're not of the world. So we need to be showing the world God's way of operating and seeking the kingdom to find out what that operation is and whatever it is we're doing. For me, for writing books, people, when they heard that I was going to be writing books, tried to give me all kinds of advice. You need to talk to this person. You need to talk to that person. Get in touch with this. I didn't do that kind of research. What the Lord told me is, you're going to do it my way. You're going to publish. You're going to do what I say. And you're going to do it my way because this is me. It's not about you. It's about what I want. And he said, because he didn't want people altering what I was saying. He didn't want people to try to pare it down and make it nice. He says, no, as a prophetic voice, it, I have to release it the way he speaks it. I have to release it the way he's telling me. It cannot be edited. I can't edit it. And so that's part of the freedom that comes in the kingdom. There's certain things God wants to speak, but he needs a remnant of people who are willing and obedient in this hour to allow him to be the person that uh, that they lead on, that they lead, let lead their lives, instead of trusting the system. The systems of this world are about to fall greatly, and we have to be in a position that we know where we're supposed, what we're supposed to be doing, and where we're supposed to be to be able to do what God is calling in this hour. Because as one kingdom falls, and that's the kingdom of the systems of the world, as they fall, the kingdom of God is going to be rising in the earth, and you want to be part of that. But knowing that you're redeemed, and for what purpose you've been redeemed gives you that information and allows you to understand more about what your purpose is. And it's it's bigger than us. It's bigger than us. Uh, God didn't choose us just so that we can go to church on Sunday or this we do be nice things. No, he has inventions. He has things to do in the earth that had never been seen before. If you truly think about what a kingdom is, go back to the ancient kingdoms of the world. They had inventions, they had music, they impacted education and government. Uh, inventions like you would never believe came out of certain kingdoms and dynasties. And God is resurrecting his dynasty, his kingdom dynasty in the earth. And so he has great things for his people. And as he told me, and as the scriptures I was reading today, God said, the best have I given you. The best of everything. So he wants to demonstrate that he is a God above all, that his wisdom is above all. And the best he has to give is better than this world has ever seen. And he's reserving that for his redeemed to showcase to the world. So that's the message today. It is on redemption. I know that we are redeemed. And I, I didn't know where this was going when I started. But when God started speaking, and even now he's been revealing since we've been on. And it's been great for me to even hear these words over again and giving me the extra motivation. I hope it does the same for you because we are redeemed for a purpose and it's time for us to rise and shine as a redeemed and say so in Jesus' name. This has been Paula Matthews for Epic Books and Cafe. Until next time.